welcome to Artificially Speaking. We dive into AI and examine how it affects the world around us. I'm David and with me is Simon. We will show you how you can start using AI today. Visit artificiallyspeaking.org to get more detailed information on what we discuss and to sign up for our free newsletter. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Visit artificiallyspeaking.org to find out how you can get in touch. Simon, let's get started. So, what what big news story have you got for us this week? Well, it's been interesting as I've started to delve a little bit deeper into AI, and you know, you can disappear down rabbit holes and uh, find new sources of information. So, a couple of stories that I've, I've found. Um, the first one: Google creates a new AI division to challenge Open AI. So. Um, What's, what's been interesting here is Google are trying to stay on the front foot, which I imagine any big tech company are looking to do. And they've blended their Google brain and DeepMind uh, to create and pull their talent um, and resources to compete with OpenAI. And uh, Demis Hassabis, the CEO of DeepMind, believes that this will reinforce their advancement of AI products and that will help shape the world as we go through. So we know that Google's a leader in lots of different areas. And it's an easier accessible platform, isn't it? You know, with one account, you can jump across lots of different things. So you can imagine once this starts to get in there and the Google Chrome extensions that we've even started using yeah. for ChatGPT and um, ChatSonic, um, just to make the, the prompts a lot easier. So I'm excited about this. And um, the Google chief scientist, a guy called Jeff Dean, he's going to lead this research and development and strate strategically shape the advancements. So you can already see that they've got a real foot in the door around what exciting things are going to come along. So I'm going to watch this one with interest because um, I imagine once they get the ball rolling even faster, uh, especially now they've pulled all the talent that they've got, it's going to actually start to create a lot more of these useful tools for us, the extensions, the plugins, and um, help us even you know navigate this space a lot quicker and easier than it already is. So, um, do you, yeah, go on, mate. Do you think a big part of this though is to keep up? Um, and I think I think they must be worried they're going to get left behind, like especially with the search part of their business. You, you know, like what we've seen already with ChatGPT it must be getting them worried that that's where things are heading. And if that means you're using a chat interface to find stuff and information, you're not going to be using uh, a Google interface where they're making an absolute fortune out of every search and click that's going through. So, yeah, yeah most it, definitely. They need to be on the front foot because I think we even discussed it last week where we said, well, actually, why would you <clears> use Google? If you can go into yeah. that GPT, once it gets really effective and up to date, because I think that's one of the challenges we've noticed using it, it doesn't always pump out the most up-to-date no. information. And that's why, you know, I'm starting to use chat 
Sonic or at least um, explore that seems a bit more of a, a useful service just because it's more relevant and up to date than, you know, asking ChatGPT something. It comes back with stuff that's probably a little bit old. Yeah, that, that is a risk. Did, and I don't know if, if they've announced this yet. Is this going to involve their their product um, bar that, that, that they've been kind of, we've been hearing a lot about in the last few months, That especially as the these leaks that have come out that have said about how um, Google are using ChatGPT to teach or to train um, their barred product. Is it going to touch that, do you think? I think, yeah, it's, it's all intertwined within each other um, because I think what they want to do is streamline it as best they can and produce or, you know, keep keep the uh, the services that they've got more connected, so not silo-driven. And I think it's one of those about pooling resources, not getting people pulling in different directions to try and make sure. Because I only found out that they took over DeepMind or bought that in 2015 sort of era. Mm. Um, so now they're thinking, well, actually, to build on that further from what we've already purchased makes sense for us to start amalgamating other things. Um, so I think they would definitely be on the front foot because um, if they don't, like you said, they'll be left behind. And you yeah. know, that would be embarrassing for Google if they were left behind. They- they could be like yahoo are now really <laughs> that's uh, they could be the new yahoo shall we call it yeah yeah and no one wants to become the new yahoo <laughs> no yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that's a good point how about yourself dave what what have you um been looking into this week is there anything that caught your eye yeah so on friday um i came across um a new I think you would call it a new AI business, um, but it's it's actually uh, it's a medical based or focus um, AI solution. So its fo- its proper name is Ch- is Doctor Gupta. Um, with in that Gupta, the the key bits of the GBT element of it. So I came across this on Friday through a podcast I listened to um, called the um, My First Million. Now the reason the this Dr. Gupta came up was because the guy that's behind it was on there, a guy called Martin Shrelly. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but or if those listening have if you've ever heard of him. If you haven't, it is worth looking him up uh and seeing his backstory because this guy is um I think interesting is probably under an understatement in terms of what he's done. So he's like stepping away from his new uh, Dr. Gupta business. He's been involved in uh, a number of different uh, activities and he's he he's fairly recently come out of prison. Okay, uh, so, which is Yeah, yeah. But he's yeah, he's he's a very interesting guy. He's also um I don't know if you came across this probably about 10 years ago or maybe less than that. Um, the Wu-Tang Clan um, sold off a brand new album to one person. Okay. And he was the person that bought it. Um, he no longer has it. He has he had, he gave it up as part of his, um, shall we say, fines he had to pay for crimes uh, in the past. Yeah. But, yeah, he's, he's um, an interesting guy. So... Yeah, I don't want to obviously go into too much detail on him, but his his new product, the the Doctor Gupta, seems very interesting. I, his argument is that what he's done is create a platform where you can go and search for medical issues, 
Now, he's not advocating that he's, you know, getting rid of doctors or literally overhauling the whole medical system yet. I think that's kind of what he wants to do going forward. But his point is that how many people are currently Googling ailments or or issues? So what he's saying is, well, if you could take that, if you like, that amount of people or that traffic that that's generating and actually improve on that, um, that that's the first step, really. So that's kind of what he's targeting. Um, and having to play around with it, um, it's quite interesting. It, it, it isn't just a case of a blank canvas and you type in what, you, what, what your issue is. There is other information you can add, like age, um, weight, and other information about yourself. And then it will go off and and obviously um i don't know where it's getting all its data from yeah. but just playing around with hypothetical scenarios it does seem it seems quite a good resource and as a very basic user of it it's free as well you can then pay a subscription to do more in depth uh or more searches on there but as a starting point um and as i say in, improving on the googling why have i got a headache kind of concept it's 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 actually not too bad so yeah it's worth having a look and to remind everyone listening as well all of the items that we are going to be or we are talking about today will be in the newsletter so we'll send that out after the pod today so you'll get access to the links and also all the content so you can have a look and play around with it as i say i recommend you have a play around with dr gupta because it, it, it yeah it seems it seems fairly good, actually. So, um, and also, obviously, do a bit of a check on uh, the founder and, and his backstory because he's is interesting. Is probably, as I say, an understatement. But yeah, it, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good little read. So, uh, what else have you found, Simon? Well, just on that, Doctor Gupta, though, because um, I always, mm. when I use Google for an ailment, yeah, I always ended up with cancer. Um, with <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, uh, about the accuracy of his thing, does it give you any sort of insights to accuracy levels? Or, um, you know, I suffer from a, a stomach condition and it needs some diagnostics. So is it something that just gives you a little bit, we think you could have this and you need to go to your GP? What, what's, what's it sort of outline? Well, do you want to try Do you want to try it while live now? Do you want to go to it and just type in? Because it... The, it, the the ailments I put in were basic things like um, one of them was I've hurt my leg um, and it diagnosed potentially, it took me kind of through if I'd broken my leg all the way through to if it was a muscle strain or kind of if there was like a surface scratch. It, it, to be fair, it's fairly comprehensive. Um, and then I, it, it done... Obviously, if I went down the route of something that wasn't a broken leg, so it just told you very basic things you could do. So if it, say, for example, it was a wound, it told me to get it dressed and and cleaned out and stuff like that, which you could argue anyone with a, you know, some degree of common sense would probably apply. But um, for more in-depth stuff, I suppose, yeah, I, I, I didn't go down the route of that. Do you want to try it? I think I will try it afterwards, um, just because uh, yeah. my technology is not as strong as it probably could be, and uh, I don't yeah. want to, you know, waste potential bandwidth on looking at that. But I will do a test on it just to see how accurately yeah. it might diagnose what my current 
stomach condition is and see I'll, I'll feedback maybe next week on the news my findings around yeah actually yeah dr gupta is you know a fantastic resource or you know my personal experience yeah. of using it anyway and um, yeah. back to your point while we're talking about colorful characters and um, uh, people who have done things in the past that probably stray away from the rules i suppose this is mm. one of the stories i come across in the independent online which I found quite interesting and a little bit concerning, especially as a, a parent. So AI clones child's voice in fake kidnapping scam. You know, so I was like, blimey, what's this? And um, there was this mother, uh, a lady called uh, Jennifer Stefano from Arizona, who was 100% convinced by the AI voice clone of her daughter's voice that scammers used in a fake kidnap scam. So... Um, a scammer got onto the phone, phoned up the mum, and uh, put this fake voice on, this AI clone voice. And it was just her daughter crying, Mum, I've done something wrong, please help me. And she was so convinced that it was her daughter, she said it was the inflection, uh, the tone of her when she was weeping. It was 100% convincing. And then the kidnappers asked for a million dollars, but he, he soon he soon reduced it to fifty thousand dollars. So he seemed to uh, quickly de-escalate his demands. Um, and the only thing that paused the mother from you know getting really concerned was yeah. fortunately a friend of the family phoned and said, "No, no, I'm actually with your your daughter your daughter right now. So this has got to be some sort of scam." Um, so they haven't caught the scammer. The scammer's okay. still at large, but. The interesting thing is how some of this tech can you be used for, you know, quite spurious reasons and, you know, yeah. something that's a bit darker. Um, because on the flip side, they're looking at it as um, some of this AI has already been used in films and yeah. um, it's been used in Star Wars, I believe. But they're also talking about audio books and maybe celebrities not having to read the book out fully that the mm. AI just does it for them. So it can save them a lot of time and effort and um you know, they can get on with other things. So for me, yeah, it's just concerning about, well, how do people manage this? You know, I don't know if you were the same when you were younger, but my mother, you know, my sister and that, they used to say, oh, I'm staying over at so-and-so's house. Now, what happened if they cloned the mother's voice and, uh, you know, oh, yeah. is Simon <laughs> staying at your house this evening? Oh, yes, yes, yes he is. And <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, they've got this new layer of tech, which allows them to, uh, you know, hang out at the local park to the early hours of the morning, um, <laughs> you know, doing things that they, as a parent, you probably wouldn't want them to. So I think it's vital for us as parents um, of children to keep abreast of how our teenagers use this information against us in certain ways, because... I think they're always looking for an edge. And if they think we're old yeah. fogies and not keeping up to date with it, um, yeah, there's a real risk that we, we could have the wool pulled over our eyes uh, on several occasions. A nice, uh, yeah, it's a, from a kid's perspective, there's an app there waiting to be built, isn't it? There's like a, a virtual uh, parent where you could, I suppose if you can... Rec- and it probably wouldn't be that difficult to do, record a sample of the parent talking mm. um, and then it regurgitates it into uh, any la- any kind of conversations you want, isn't it, really? Yeah, and if you think back to Ferris Bueller's day <clears> off, 
you know. Yeah, if, exactly. Yeah. If the head teacher's phoning you up and saying, "Where's Ferris Bueller?" Well, he's fine. Yeah. He's absolutely fine. He's tucked up in bed yeah. right here while he's dancing down some street singing songs on a float. So, um, yeah, exactly. For for us, it's um, one of those just to be aware of and to keep abreast of, just in case our children decide they're and they are going to be more tech savvy, obviously, and yeah. um, anything that can help them. You know, probably escape a little bit of um, trouble, or you know, not getting yeah. told off. They're they're going to try and utilize as best they can. So, how about your <sighs> your next story? What was the the next thing so, that you, you you found interesting? So this, I'll be honest, this this has been going on for a while. So it's not it's not happened in the last week. I suppose there's been up. It's been ongoing since probably mid March now. If we call this, I suppose, the hustle GPT exercise. So what this was was, and, and I don't even know if this is the guy's real name, but it's a pretty pre- pretty impressive name. But a guy called Jackson Great House Fall um, <laughs> on Twitter yeah. kind of started documenting um, what he was doing with. Um, in the end, he was using GPT four um, to um, to start a business. So. This all started with a post he put on Twitter, which was, I gave GBT4 a budget of $100 and told it to make as much money as possible. I'm acting as its human liaison, buying anything it says to, do you think it'll be able to make smart investments and build an online business? So that was the start of it. And he posted kind of the initial instruction that he gave to uh, GBT4. So the exact words he used were you're a hustle GBT, you are hustle GBT, an entrepreneurial AI. I'm your human counterpart. I can act as a liaison between you and the physical world. You have a hundred dollars and your only goal is to turn that into as much money as possible in the shortest time possible without doing anything illegal. I will do anything. I'll do everything you say and keep you updated on our current cash total. No manual labor. So that was the initial thing he did. So then really, I suppose, off it goes. And it comes back with like a basic plan of what you should do. Mm-hmm. So I'll again, I'll put the link if you've not seen this to the whole kind of um, the whole conversation, but also the whole things that he's shared. And he's still sharing about this. The The other thing to note as well was this. He first posted this in March on the 15th of March. And what he's been able to do is really this whole exercise of, of publicizing this has kind of has given him a whole audience of people that um, he obviously never expected to get. So it, it, in a perfect world, you'd you'd want what he did. You'd think, oh, yeah, he'll go off and do it. So it, it isn't quite like that. So some of the things that he benefited from were the idea it came up was creating an affiliate marketing site mm-hmm. and then. Um, it gave him kind of the topics to use on there. So what then happened was um, like his initial tweet had 22.5 million views. So what then happened was a lot of that, the people viewing it also then went and looked at his website that he created. So quickly he got a huge amount of traffic to that website. So you could argue that that's not really the AI helping there. It's more the way he's publicized it. But he still managed to, um, I suppose, to make a profit. But I would argue that a lot of the money he made were from people that wanted to invest in his idea um, mm. because it's kind of like an, 
an early um, AI based business. And also, he I think he was making some money from rev- ad revenue from obviously the sheer number of people that were just clicking on his website to have a look. But it's worth keep following him because he's still talking about this and you're still getting updates on it. He also, from time to time, like um, a few days ago, he did an interview um, with a, with a, it looks like a platform called Mercury. Um, and he literally just talked about his experiences, things like that. They've pulled together kind of what he said and he came up with like kind of his takeaways from doing this. And really the things that he's kind of, taken from this is that you can you could take like a SaaS type product and actually just rebuild it using the AI technology the other thing as well is the AI technology will execute things that that just aren't cost effective to do with humans and then also he also he also thinks that AI is actually going to create jobs rather than necessarily you know decimate the job market that we all seem to be kind of preparing ourselves for so i think his point has got some validity to it in that he's saying well you could get the the ai to do the things that just aren't cost effective but then you could scale that to you know a huge amount of, of tasks but yeah i i'll put the link into his um twitter account and you can have a look but it's very interesting um yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, think it, it links a little bit to my um third story um, all right there seems to be some synergy between that which is um the demand for AI experts surges by a thousand percent, which is a headline that drew my attention because Fiverr have highlighted that the, there's an ongoing skill shortage and it's impacting businesses to attract and retain talent. So if you think about what you're saying about job creation there, um, that seems to be reinforced by Fiverr's findings where they're saying, well, actually, um, there's a there's a real dearth of talent out there at the moment, and that's probably because a lot of people behind the curve. Because AI and the conversations and the tech skills, yes, for people who are at the forefront of this, yeah, they're they're probably in a good place. But for people trying to catch up and capitalize on this, it's a it's a bit more of a steeper learning curve. And what they've they've outlined is that in the accounting and financial services. They've seen an 835% increase over the last six months on people searching for how to use AI more in their product and um, how to capitalize, um, you know, that efficiency drive that you're looking for. Because I think, as we know from our own experiences of uh, just utilizing ChatGPT so far, it gives you so much, um, but it gets to a certain level where human um, knowledge, interaction, quality assurance is still vital um, to make sure that any document that's produced um, meets, you know, the, the, the basic quality standards. Because if you just went, oh, yeah, copy, paste, send that out, uh, it would look, you know, quite naff in a way if it's not done properly. So um, they've also said that AI in the art and creative industries has seen a, a, over a 6,000% increase in searches in the UK alone. Um, over the last six months of people who are trying to think. And that's got to be about text-to-image creation and mm. maybe people trying to create images that they can sell as um, you know artwork on the variety of different platforms that we know exist. Um, I did try this the other day on that chat Sonic, and um, the image that it produced was quite scary. Uh, <laughs> I asked it to uh, produce a, a footballer who'd lost the World Cup crying uh, with the crowd behind celebrating, 
uh, but it didn't seem to have a face. So I, I think that's still got a little <laughs> bit uh, of uh, legs to go. But the um, a guy called, uh, I think it's a guy called Buki Adedapo, the UK manager at Fiverr, has highlighted that more and more UK businesses are increasing their awareness of AI and adaption. So new businesses are now um, thinking about, well, what, what can we use within this sector? How can we learn and develop about this? And um, a person called Alexia Pedersen, who's the vice president of EMEA, uh, O'Reilly, has highlighted the demand for these jobs and the increase of the skill set. So I think anyone listening to our podcast is thinking, well, I'm interested in AI. I want to develop my skill set a little bit more. How can I learn and develop? And if I do invest the time in trying to do that, is there opportunities out there for me? And I think just that that one article is probably indicating that actually there is going to be a lot of opportunities for people if they do want to diversify their current knowledge and skill set and look at going, well, how can I layer a, um, you know, a level of AI into what I do to automate, make it more efficient, uh, which can then potentially make me more productive on other things that uh, I find interesting. And, uh, you know, I think that there's, that's another one to watch because I think there'll be a lot of organizations cropping up in the future who will be offering learning and development courses in AI um, for the, the layman to help them, you know, scale up their skill set and uh, you can see that's definitely going to be a growth area, either as a pure online delivery platform or for those people who may be a bit more technophobic, um, you know, people going in and delivering face to face around. You, you know, how I, I was looking. It. Yeah, I was looking the other day, like on things like Udemy and some of the other learning platforms, uh, the AI kind of t- um, courses that are coming up or that are coming on there is just in. There's so many now. So I think every man and his dog is trying to get some sort of AI-focused course. But also, if you look at some of the existing courses, how they're incorporating AI into those courses. Like I was looking the other day at just a um, a course around um, Google Sheets. Now, the Google productivity platform has a lot of AI components already in there. But this whole course was just how the AI component works on Google Sheets. It's like $5. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it's, I suppose the, uh, to be kind of um, honest as well about, say, like what um, Fiverr are doing is they're blatantly using the AI angle to get more traffic to their um, platform mm. as well. I think everyone's now realising that uh, AI is kind of a buzzword that, that can help. And, and and going back to what you were saying, you know, around Google um, creating out that AI part of their, their business, it, it, you know, even, even their search business must be seeing such, you know, increase in search terms around AI, and then obviously everyone's just trying to capitalize on that, like Fiverr are here. So yeah, it's. I think we're seeing this wave of AI and the technologies around it. It's not going away anytime soon, is it? <laughs> no, and, and I think that's where layman's um, will definitely benefit from some sort of quality assurance model, where you know people can give accurate advice. Because, like you say, the market's being flooded. One man and every man and his dog is jumping on the back of this. So it's about going, well, actually, how can we get to a stage where quality assurance uh, occurs? And I think, you know, the big tech companies will be offering that. 
And it's trying to then probably experience this and go, well, what have I taken from it? Was it easy? Because I know just from using TikTok videos as a basics to start off with, when people are on there going, oh, you just need to click this, do that, and uh, away you go. It's not really uh, as they they lay out, even though they say it's step by step, because you go onto Mm. one platform, you've then got to pay a subscription service to open up the premium. And uh, it is a few more layers. And I think people listening who are exploring this space want honesty and transparency as much as possible. Uh, because you want to know where you're putting your money. Otherwise, you could end up with 15 subscription services for lots of different platforms, and they all pretty much deliver the same output rather than what you you, you look for it for. So I think there's also an area for, you know, some sort of filtration system to help people navigate it a little bit um, more accurately. Yeah, I I think you're right. Like, um one of the areas i suppose that's got a lot of attention in the last few weeks is auto uh gbt yeah. um now again if if you're unfamiliar with this area uh we will put a link out in the newsletter on kind of this whole area but the basics of it is that you're using the ai technology to to kind of carry on the activity so what i mean by that is you know you can ask say chat gbt to do something but the next step it could then automatically do that. So, um, but one of the key issues, I suppose, around using this is actually setting it up. Um, we've looked at obviously going through that and you need to have a basic, well, more than basic understanding of of how to set up, um, you know, a few things that you need to get access to GitHub and stuff like that. Yeah. There's not much there to stop someone kind of claiming to create an easy way to do it and then through the through that activity fleecing people for money so it, it, yeah. it's it's it, it's going to be rife for this sort of stuff so you're right there needs to be some sort of i don't know it's hard to say because there's so many different people involved and so many companies and organizations that are involved in AI at the moment but you 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 kind of need to get to a level where there's high levels of trust and i suppose those high levels of trust are really only with people like open ai google like you were saying um microsoft it's it's those big name players but then again what's to stop people replicating or pretending to be those in terms of yeah. trying to rip people off it, you know it isn't just you know it's across the board isn't it if you think like yeah. phishing emails and text messages like again going back to what you were saying before about um that woman sorry the kid's voice being uh rep you know created using ai what you that technology is ripe for trying to rip people off um, for things to do with, you know, like the same things that are happening now over text messages, WhatsApp messages, stuff like that. It's, yeah, <laughs> we're getting very, getting very into all the negatives, I suppose, aren't we, really? <laughs> I, think, I think it's important to just share that with listeners, though, Dave. Yeah. Because, you know, we were very excited and we still are very excited <laughs> by it. And yeah. as soon as Auto Chat GPT went out, I was like, oh, boom. Oh, I've got to download this, download that. And then all of a sudden I put the brakes on and thought, Hang about. If I download something I want to my computer, how do I know yeah. that it's not just then um, uh, some sort of device to then just take all my bank details and everything out yeah. by someone <laughs> who's far more intelligent than me about how to do that sort of thing? And it just takes your data and you know accesses all your services. So uh, I, I'm very mindful of this now, and this is a key message and why it's not to say 
there's um, a lot of negatives, but it's just always to advise caution, isn't it? I think and yeah. say to people, you know, go at a pace where you're also safe because if people could clone a voice of a daughter, they can easily clone the voice of a, a call handler saying, hi, it's your bank. Uh, I would like to <laughs> speak to you. And the next minute you're, you're being suckered into handing things over. Uh, yeah, and if people exactly. are not using, then maybe people are being cloned to use a more plum English voice and a, a voice that they th- find more trusting than maybe other yeah. voices that may be used. They may be lured in a little bit more by someone who's very convincing. So I think, yeah, we, we, we need to be excited about this. This is a really exciting space, um, but it is just trying to encourage people to really do due diligence as you would in any, any other sort of yeah. online space to make sure um, you, you are you know, safeguarding yourself and uh, the technology you have and ultimately your finances um, to yeah. make sure that they stay yours and don't um, end up going to someone else. Well, I suppose on that subject as well, which is worth mentioning, because some people might not be aware of this, but, you know, one of the key things or one of the things you end up kind of, like you say, the rabbit hole of finding out more about AI and things like that is the different plugins, um, especially Mm. the Google Chrome uh, plugins. You need to be very careful with those in that what they can do, it depends on what settings there are on them, but they can get access to the data that you're inputting or using on in Chrome itself. So yeah. this is where I always recommend that you don't use any Google Chrome plugins on, say, the same account or the browser that you're using for things like your online banking mm-hmm. or any of that sensitive information, because the last thing you want is someone to capture that data Um and obviously exploit it. So I'm, again, I'm not saying that is the case with every Google plugin, sorry, Google Chrome plugin, but there, it is something to bear in mind because there is some dishonest players out there. As much as Google try and kind of, um, you know, <laughs> filter those out, there is still a risk there. But also on the other side of it, do you want specific sensitive data being picked up by a third party anyway? So yeah, it, it, it I would always advise people to have a look at the different um, security options out there so that you don't give people data that you don't necessarily want them to have. So, all right. Perfect. Uh, What's your next news uh, item? Do you have another one, Dave? Yeah. So building on, I suppose, from what we've just been talking about um, and also things to do with like the, the, the Dr. Gupta, so from a medical standpoint, one of the things that caught my eye um, actually this morning is here in the UK, the the UK government has given 100 million um, to what they're calling an AI task force to develop what some people are calling Brit GBT. So what this really is, is it's investment that's going in to try and generate and stimulate some sort of AI focused part of our economy in the UK. So the initial kind of thoughts around it are to look at how AI could be used in things like the National Health Service and other, shall we say, government-focused um, parts of, of, of the economy. So it, it, the only thing with this, I suppose, is that, and uh, I'm speaking more from a UK perspective, mm-hmm. but you te- looking back, say, over what happened with COVID and then past that, where the government gets involved and pumps money into stuff, it doesn't necessarily end up with 
uh, <laughs> you know, the results I think everyone's looking for, or any sort of result in some cases. If you you know you look at some of the money that's been spent on IT projects in the NHS and other yeah. stuff, it, it tends to end in failure. So I don't know. It, it seems like a good idea. Like the the one, as I said, the one area that it has been flagged up is how you could potentially use AI in the NHS. Um, again, like what we've just looked at in terms of Dr. Gupta. Yes, it, it, it makes perfect sense. Like if you think about it, if, if as a first line of, of help, uh, an AI-based kind of tool that could actually di- work out what someone's ailments are or problems and then direct them to the best sort of resource, that's a no-brainer, isn't it? Like, you know, it, 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 you'd think that would be um, that would be straightforward, but the problem is, is is when you govern a government like that gets involved, it, it sometimes doesn't. So I don't know. I I I I'll be watching this with a bit of skepticism because yeah, I I the idea is good, but I don't know what the delivery is going to be like. Like you know, taking away that that investment, I suppose of of the money into this here in the UK, but the medical usage just as that first first entry point, you know, would be massive. And uh, for obviously for a large public body like the National Health Service, it, you would think it would save a lot of money. And and I suppose it goes back to kind of what we were saying before, how um, the gentleman that started Hustle GBT kind of model, where he's saying AI could generate jobs. I'm thinking in this model, the the AI here could be taking away quite a few jobs in terms of that you know that first point, but I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at this too cynically. I don't know, but that's yeah, that. I, it, I agree it, with you in a way, though, Dave. Because if Auto GPT can get to a certain um, standard, and you know, I, I, we were talking recently because I've moved home, I had to change doctors, and if there was hmm. an automated process that was triggered that my records were sent from my old doctors to my new and it was seamless, it would have made me getting medications a lot more easier. So I think there is a real call for it. But like you said, um, government agencies spending lots of money and then projects don't come off the ground. um, It it would be, you know, a a great idea, but it has to be well um, researched and they have to do it properly rather than going, okay, let's do this. Because they went down that route before, didn't they, about having seamless communication between all entities on the NHS. Yeah. And for some reason, it never actually come to fruition. So no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think it would be there just for the patient care. It would yeah, go up um, for that automation and also take some of the stress and pressure off the uh, administrators on the front desk. And mm. also, you know, the doctors, I've only got one doctor at my um, doctor surgery. The rest is made up of nurses and paramedics, which is great. Uh, in certain respects, but you think, yeah. well, actually, if something can do more of that, um, I don't know what you call it, screening or diagnostic type mm. um, approach, it, it just helps then get you to someone who's a specialist quicker, potentially, yeah. um, than you know having to do the rounds uh, as much as we, we do have to when we've got uh, a physical health condition. Well, what I suppose one of the other things that's worth mentioning around this as well is that a lot of the the people that are in favour of this kind of approach from the from the UK government are saying, well, these are the sort of things you need to happen to stimulate um, the economy or those involved in this area to actually do something. So I get that argument, but then those 
kind of that are a bit more cautious about this. So what their argument is, well, the only way this is really going to work is you're going to have to share quite sensitive patient data yeah. with those that are building those those the, the tools. So the large language model type processing things. You're going to need to give them data, which on the whole is pretty sensitive. I suppose um, it's what then happens or who has access to that data. Because I know, like, obviously we've seen with, like, things like genetic data, how, in the, especially here in the UK, we, you know, it's not available to be then sold on for, like, insurance companies or, or other people to make decisions on. So the, the same kind of – you then start to think about – you know, what would be the ramifications of this? I, I, you know, at a very simplistic level, if you think like if you had this first sort of way into the NHS, you know, you'd like to think it would actually stop people just randomly turning up uh, A&E to just try and get some sort of help, I suppose. Um, yeah. But then, again, the other argument against this is, well, is it just going to be those that can actually harness, you know, the equivalent of like chat GBT or other tools that would actually make the benefit of this. I think you'd have to make this so it's accessible to all ages, you know, be it people that know what they're doing on a, on a smartphone versus someone that would probably prefer to phone a number and get some sort of response. So I, yeah, the way it's, de- whatever they kind of create and how it can be delivered is, you know, I suppose, I suppose it's key and that's key to anything. But the other, I suppose, word of warning around this is that, it's being pushed forward by politicians. Now, mm. you, you, again, we were talking about how AI is such a buzzword, like, you know, how you're saying about courses, everything. If you put AI in it, it obviously gets people's attention. Now, it, again, it might be very cynical of me of saying this, but obviously there's some politicians somewhere saying, well, if we can get AI into this, we'll get, you know, <laughs> we'll get onto get onto podcasts you'll get onto uh, news stories you'll get you know it's literally like we could like exploit this but maybe it's just cynical me that thinking that um you know that that you would that politicians would try and exploit this it's hard not to be when you see what's come off the back of covid and the way (laughs) yeah exactly distributed um yeah i think it would be really interesting to explore ethics and morals around ai in a, a future episode and say yeah. Let's delve a little bit deeper into what sort of safeguards they're putting in place already and yeah. what you know what um things are on the horizon. Um because I think certain big players in this are putting the brakes on it a little bit to say yeah. you need to explore um you know exactly what we're trying to ask of this technology before it runs beyond us. Um and I think that's a wise a wise approach to take. Um, because if you're going to empower this artificial intelligence uh, beyond where we are at the moment, yeah. then we'll be chasing it. And uh, it, it, we don't know what sort of issues we may, we, we may face in the future if that's the case. Um, and like you say, I think anything that politicians are involved in, we need to always try and caveat um, a, a go-slow approach uh, because before they know it, one of their mates has got a nice contract. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. That's, it's and, just uh, like... they've, they've gone from running a pub to now becoming an expert on AI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's the way to look at it, because it, it, it just it does worry you when you see it. But you can see the benefits. But the problem is, is you don't, you don't want those benefits lost in 
you know, the usual way things happen, if that makes sense. It, it's just, it, uh, you know, speaking, both of us are here based in the UK. Like, we both experienced the, the NHS here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you could see where AI could potentially ha- give a quick fix. But then the repercussions of that is, I suppose, an issue. Like, loads of people lose their jobs potentially from that. I don't know. Or, yeah, um, yeah it's it's... But then I suppose if the patient, the level of patient care goes up, I, you know, it's, it's yeah. a good thing. But as you say, it, it, it's always a bit worrying when there's a politician that's 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 kicking off this whole process. So we'll, we'll see. We'll watch that with uh, with uh, yeah behind uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll keep an eye on it anyway. Well, I think we'll call it quits on on the news stories. Thanks, Simon, for having a look. At what's happening there? What what we're going to move on to? Um, is at the moment we what we're calling what we've learned this week. Now, yeah. it's not the greatest title for an area of the pod, but if you can suggest something, listeners, please suggest it. But for the time being, that's what we'll be using it. So last pod, Simon uh, presented what he'd been up to, learning about some other tools, things like that. This week was my turn. So this week, my focus was um, how I could use ChatGBT to do some boring, t- boring tasks that I needed to do. Again, not the greatest uh, title for what I was trying to do. The basics were that, you know, we all have stuff that we need to get done um, and it may not be the most enjoyable, but how could you maybe automate some of that? So that's kind of my starting point. So the first area that I looked at was around e-commerce. Now, yeah. I've got a number of I've got experience of building e-commerce uh, platforms websites for myself but also for others and I'm still involved with a few of them in terms of you know providing support things like that it's and one of the areas that kind of jumped out was really in terms of the products people are selling on on a website for example is could you use say ChatGBT to generate the descriptions of the products so the bit you read you know underneath um whatever you're trying to buy or whatever obviously the whole idea behind this is to make them more interesting more engaging um and obviously get people to buy more of that product if that makes sense yeah now i'm quite familiar with a platform called shopify Mm -hmm. you might be you might not be um but they actually have already um an ai component to um, when you're creating a product on there that can write the description. So yeah. what I did was compare it to ChatGBT, and I must admit ChatGBT was better. Okay. <laughs> it, it generated more engaging kind of descriptions. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to kind of clarify as well is that obviously this is just the, the descriptions. Now, they can get picked up. Um, as part of like search engine optimization, things like that. So they can help in terms of getting people, you know, to look at something. But I'll be honest, from my perspective, unless it's something that's I don't I really know nothing about, I tend to skip over the, the product descriptions. I don't know what you're like, Simon. Does it just um, highlight it to the top of the, the the pile if it's got a better SEO? Or- is that what the description well, can serve as a purpose, or um... it's hard to? That's so. My understanding is with the with the Shopify AI area, um, it's supposed to make it more engaging, which then potentially could help with SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did with ChatGPT was to, in effect come up with a, a description that was engaging, 
that yeah. read well and was good. And then I kind of refined it saying, how can I improve the SEO components of this? So it did go away and then kind of add um, what I wanted as, as the terms to be in there. Now, obviously, how long it takes for the SEO to kind of permeate everywhere, it's it's not a simple case of going, yeah, that's good or that's yeah. bad. So it's kind of something that you can watch. But I suppose where this probably comes into its own is I think if you don't have a product description, mm. um, it just looks dodgy. Uh, or it, it doesn't look like it's legitimate site. So I suppose if it can take away the the monotony of trying to write, you know, lots of descriptions, if you've got a lot of products, it's really good for that. So, and it's quick. Um, I suppose the Shopify one is quicker because it's literally, you click a button in the platform and it just magically creates a description. Mm. Um, but the descriptions weren't as engaging or uh, things. So it depends, I suppose... It depends on what your your view is on on product descriptions as to which one you'd use. Um, there, there's capacity for this. I tell you where because I'm searching for a new home, and yeah. um, product descriptions. So house descriptions by estate agents, pretty yeah. turgid. You know, not not great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and when we were selling our property a few years ago, the reason that it sold was this estate agent actually invested a lot of time in understanding us as clients and then yeah. also what our property market, you know, who would be interested in mm. our property and tailoring the description much better yeah. than a lot of generic guff that other previous um, estate agents has done. So I think from an estate agent perspective, you could see that actually good product descriptions based on the, the demographic of the person who the house is probably most targeted to and making it engaging, fun, you know, something pleasant to read is always good because beyond the images that they present, you know, sometimes you want to really understand the lifestyle that living in that house might offer um, uh, different people. And I think that that can be quite good because I, I only read the, the the reviews. I'm a big person on reading reviews around products. Yeah. And that's the route I go down more to see um, – Actually, what are people saying about this? Because I've bought yeah. some things off um, an online platform, quite a big one we all probably know. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff has fell apart and you, you're yeah. really disappointed with it. And you go, well, I've only bought that recently and it's already fell apart. So I think, yeah, honest, transparent product descriptions um, obviously don't sell goods. <laughs> yeah, <they fall> apart. <laughs> but I think they're very useful. Um yeah, because I, I want to know what people's experience of. So maybe yeah. um, I, I know in the past when I used to be looking for builders, and I don't know if you've ever yeah. used platforms to try and find someone who's a reputable builder, um, people are actually going on there and getting their friends to give them reviews. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> trying to, um, yeah, negate yeah. that. So I think if um, – I know there's AI detectable, and then they've come up with yeah. software for – AI undetectable. Um, I suppose it's trying to make sure that, again, as customers, uh, we're getting um, good, honest descriptors that give us a good overview of the product quality. And um, that would be my big thing for it. I think if you knew for sure um, that someone was offering that, I would go mm. there as a trusted source uh, more, and I would probably pay a bit extra because I'd have that peace of mind that the product I'm getting is 
it's not just a fancy descriptor. It's actually quite nice and that it's yeah. going to work. Yeah, it's, you're right. It, 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 it's a mixture of things that obviously trigger a purchase. Yeah. Um, and like you, I, 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 it's debatable whether a really good sounding product description is 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 the, on its own is enough for someone to make a purchase. But as I said, I I think where the the benefit is is if you're if you're if you're selling online a, quite a large array of products, yeah. and you just want to make it quicker to list those products, oh, it, it is perfect. Yeah, it, it is perfect for that, um, and it it adds a layer of bit more legitimacy legitimacy to it rather than just putting the same thing on each one. So I suppose in that case, it it, it was a win for mm. for ChatGBT. But the the Shopify version that does it is more than adequate for what you need to do. So okay. I suppose yeah. it, it, it hits the target in terms of doing a boring task that I needed to do. It did actually do it. So um, any other tasks that you, you did this week um, that where AI uh, or ChatGPT was quite useful? Yeah. So building on what you were saying before about the property, so like selling your okay. house and stuff. Yeah. So I helped... Um, uh, a letting company that uh so for i suppose for those not in the uk it's a real estate company but they rent out or let um properties to to, to people like you or i really yeah. so i helped them from time to time with i built their website i did some other kind of online stuff for them so one of the things they were looking to do was um there's a lot of change at the moment and a lot of things going on in the rental market here in the UK. So there's changes in some of the law. Or it, it, yeah, it's it, there's some changes that I suppose need to be communicated to the people renting the property. So what they wanted to do was to come up with a monthly newsletter that they send out advising of updates and things they need to do. Yeah. So what I actually did was I built the obviously they use Mailchimp to do to send out the the newsletter but what they wanted was more engaging kind of areas and content so i basically just used chat gvt to rewrite the sections that they wanted to or the content they want to put out there yeah. and really simple like literally they'd written kind of a basic kind of outlay of what they wanted to say and the basics of it was it just chopped out a lot of the waffle, the repeating of information. It kept it very direct. Um, it got straight to the point. It was easy to follow. Um, it's, yeah, it was brilliant. It's, it, 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 I think it, it, it wasn't good where I just said, can you write um, uh, some text on uh, the example I would give was like things like how the process of making a payment's changing. Now you have to give ChatGPT so much information for it to do that. Whereas actually, if you just write or have a go at writing that content, so the, that cut the customer I have in that case wrote the basic text. Yeah. I then just pushed it through ChatGPT and it refined it, and it refined it like first time. So yeah. you, what you had after just one go around it was a hundred times better than what you had before so right. it removes the repeating it makes it snappier text um uh, yeah it's a lot lot better like in the past i suppose i would have taken that text and rewritten it myself mm. and i use this thing called the hemingway editor that literally tests to see how understandable yeah. text is so i took the text that ChatGPT gave um and I kind of wanted it to create something that was easy to understand. And when you run it through the Hemingway editor, 
the understand that it gives a rating of how understandable the text is. It is really really good so it literally bases it on like the u.s school grade system so the lower the school grade the younger the kid the more understandable it is so it can come in at a very low grade so it's just really easy to people understand but again it's quick so you just take that text run it through there and then it and then it the content's created so that was that was good the other things i did for them as well was um for some of their customers um they don't actually have emails. So sending out a newsletter or an update is just not on the card. So they send out physical letters right. to um, a handful of customers. Now, again, they've been using uh, the same sort of letters for years. And it's things like advising of a rent um, increase or telling them that, that, for example, they need to do work on the property, things like that. And really all I did was take their existing uh, templates and then just run them through ChatGPT and telling ChatGPT to refine it. And again, yeah, yeah it's it, it improved it massively. Uh, and again, it took no time at all. So it was just a case of doing, taking something and then actually then just using ChatGPT to do the refinement of it. And so I and I did you use though to refine it? Was it quite a basic prompt? Or yeah, it, so it's yeah. things like. So say for the letter, I literally just pasted the, the letter into ChatGPT and I just said, can you um, make this easier to understand? Right. And then what it did is it just keeps it, it reduces the, the length of the sentences. So the shorter the sentence, the easier it is to understand um, is what it's doing. And again, going back to that editing tool I used to use before and to be fair, still use Hemingway. That's the basics of it. It keeps sentences short, which means you can understand it easier. Mm -hmm. And then the other bit as well is it changed some of the words to be more simple or more simplistic. So rather than using complex terms, it just explains it in more detail. And with one of the letters, I think I had to run two refinements on it. So one was making it easier to understand. The other refinement was, was just to reduce the number of words so it took it from being like 400 words and took it down to about 280. Yeah. So wow. it, yeah, it's, which yeah, is it's good for the customer because. Correct. Yeah, it doesn't take shorter, a. <laughs> easier yeah. to understand letter. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, especially if they're used to letters and that's how they receive their information. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like you want it to be digestible. And especially from a lettings agent's perspective, you don't want any sort of confusion for the person no. about what the change is informing them. So, yeah. Well, that's that's it, exactly. And it, we also, I also help them, they have automated emails. So when a customer contacts them, they get an automated response that, that kind of pushes them in the right direction of where they need to go. And again, just refining them on, um, on ChatGPT just took no time at all. So I kind of added this all up. So we... Well, we, me and that, and helping them. So we took the letter templates. There was five of those, mm-hmm. and then we took the email templates, which was fifteen of those, yeah. um, to refine those and to get them kind of republished or put in the positions where they can be used. That probably took me an hour and a half. Right. And what did it used to take before? You, you utilize the uh, chat GPT. Well, when I created the original email templates yeah. uh, and also the original letters, it probably took me two days. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's a massive reduction. Isn't I, 
yeah i to be the other thing i suppose to consider is i we cre- i created those templates from scratch so there was some thinking there so maybe i don't know you can you can cat you can shave off some of that time but there's a definite massive time saving there um i suppose the only thing over a year and you start to equate the time savings that you can make on some of those menial tasks that aren't the most engaging and enjoyable yeah all of a sudden you can see a big return on actually work-life balance because i i know you're a a new father and um, Mm. having time to dedicate to work-life balance has got to be something that's really um really really important Um, and i imagine you won't be the only person out in the world who would benefit from no. a, a better work-life balance utilising some of these tools to, you know, overcome some of those more mundane tasks that we don't enjoy that much? No, but I suppose the only other side of it is, obviously, I originally build that customer two days worth of work, uh, yeah. whereas now I've only got an hour and a half of billable time. So it's, do you, um, and hopefully they're not listening to this, but uh, yeah, <laughs> do you kind of say, well... You know, do you do you come at this from the angle? Well, now you can be more productive and do more jobs, or do you just carry on as the <laughs> the status quo? I don't know. Well, have you ever heard that one about tradesmen? Um, why no, are you charging you so much money for that one hour? You only come out and did this, yeah, but it's the thirty years it took for me to learn how to do it. One <laughs> hour. That's what you're getting billed for. So, I suppose there's that element that you. If they if they thought it was easy, um, they would do it themselves. They so do it themselves. Yeah, they exactly. Do, they do value what you bring to them beyond just the actual uh, document production. It's also seeing things from that different humanistic perspective as a consumer and what would yeah. be usual. Um, so I think um, organisations benefit from people being external because you give a different perspective, which I, yeah. I think is uh, really powerful as well. But it also what you're raising as well is a good point. It maybe we are going to shift towards a model where it you're you're putting more focus on the output rather than the actual the legwork, so to speak. In that you're saying, well, what is so in this case that letting agency? What are they benefiting from um, from those changes? Now, the major benefit, I suppose, for them is that they they automate a lot of what they're doing. So. You know they don't have to employ people to do that, or they don't. It, it it takes away existing employees from what they're doing, and and maybe you know takes them away from say revenue generating activity. I don't know, but it, yeah, you're right. It's it's what has that change done rather than how long it took me. So, yeah, the, I suppose I it also helps customer. If it's more yeah. enjoyable for the customer um, to get these more engaging, interesting communications. Um, then you have less confusion. And I think when people are confused, they can get frustrated. So if you can have people who are less frustrated, you've got less of that um, horrible phone call to deal with. Yes, exactly. So hopefully it might be able to negate some of that type of uh, uh, thing as well. Yeah, yeah, I I think you're right. I suppose the the other area that I, I, this took it past the boring task activity, I suppose. The other thing I did was, I do work off um, a platform called Upwork. So mm-hmm. what that allows you to do is you can, um, people can post jobs that they need doing and then you res- you can respond to that advert, so to speak. And then, you know, you can win the work to do it. So two jobs I, I've done in the last week off there, I thought I'd test out, you know, 
can I use AI to kind of do things that I might not have been able to do, but also can I use AI to make it um, more straightforward? So the first one I did was, was actually quite a straightforward kind of advert that someone had placed. They needed a spreadsheet. Um, Tidying up was the basics of it, but really what they wanted was it was loads of customer data and they just wanted it presented better. So things like adding up what specific totals were um, also kind of, putting some macros in there to kind of make it easier to use for what they're doing. So I'll be honest, I couldn't really work out what the business does that advertised it. But the spreadsheet itself just had lots of um, people's names, addresses, and then a value. Now, the value I'm assuming was like the per, like what they were, how much they'd spent. Now, it didn't really, the headings and the top of the spreadsheet didn't really get give that away but that's what I could assume from it so what I did was I literally used chat GPT to actually create some uh, suggestions on what I could do to that spreadsheet so things like there was summing up fields there was stuff like that I also created a macro that allowed you to search across that for custom that or value customers that had a value above um, a thousand in yeah. that spend level so I put that in there I also um went back to them with some questions saying what if these are things I'll add is there anything else you need or you know what other components do you need so one of the other things they wanted was to kind of um create a color code system mm-hmm. on those customers so it was really just saying when a value is over this much um it's green if it's between these values it's yellow and so on so again i'm they were very vague on the details of what actually what the value is basing off but i think what it is is just a spreadsheet that they would use to then retarget customers that spend over a certain amount so we did i literally i know how to do it but i just got chat gbt to um to kind of suggest what to do. And it literally told me exactly how to create those formulas that would show the colors. So it, yeah, it, it probably took me, I don't know, with going back and forth with the customer an hour worth wow. of work, max. Um, and the value of the job was $50. So once, yeah. I can't remember what uh, the exact percentage that Upwork take. Um, but yeah, it's, it's probably about 30 odd pounds. Yeah. Um, money for old rope i suppose but it's very good yeah it sounds like um, a good side hustle you know so yeah you've got people who are at home and they they can do that you know mm. it's another one of those gig industry sort of things where you can just go well i, I can do this and i can earn yeah additional pockets of money um yeah based on the skill set that i've got and applying that um, to this Upwork um, opportunity, I suppose. Yeah, and I think I suppose the one area I would say I needed to have a basic understanding of formulas and macros in Excel just so that I could come across as credible in the pitch that I had to do to the customer. Yeah. But to be honest, if I didn't know any of that, um, and actually there's better examples I could give you off Upwork where people actually tell you exactly what they want. Yeah. Um, you could feed it into ChatGPT and get a good idea from it as to what you would need to do. It's right. just these guys are quite vague, okay. um, yeah. but uh, still won the work and actually did it and, and earned the money. So do you know what I mean? It, 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 there's, I suppose going back to one of the points you raised earlier, it, it's, it's where we are, I suppose, with some of the AI tools out there is that it's helping rather mm. than doing everything. And it's 
it's that refinement, but also you still need a human, so to speak, to actually kind of check the work, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't think we're at a stage where you could just, I suppose, Upwork could just have an AI kind of bot in the background that would just do the work and they just generate money off that. I don't think we're at that stage just yet. Maybe you are and we've not seen it yet, but that yeah, there's course, still yeah. there's still the you need a human to kind of <laughs> sign off on it, I suppose, and, and to make sure it's going in the right direction. Did the other client want a similar sort of job? Or, you know, so the other job I did was, I'm still waiting to hear back feedback on what we did. And this one was just to create a simple um, report in a financial like accounting tool called Zero. Yeah. Okay. So in Zero, you can create like um, custom reports. Um, you can also create kind of custom documents like invoices, purchases and stuff like that. So really all that does is it... Um, it uses kind of um, fields that are in zero and it just references me on that on that report structure. So the basic report was like um, the basics of it is who owes money. Yeah. Um, and then what they wanted was kind of a different view from there's a standard report in zero that says, well, I'm owed these amounts by these customers. But it shows them almost like on a uh, on a month basis. Whereas what they wanted to see was, well, how who owes what, but also within a month. So like, mm. does someone owe money within five days, ten days, fifteen days, twenty days, twenty five days? Um, and that's what I created. And again, um, I suppose ChatGPT was not as versed in zero as ChatGPT is in in Excel. Yeah. Um, it will literally tell you exactly what you need to do in, in Excel. With this, it's a bit more complicated, but it could tell me like what the field names were that you'd need to use. And actually, that saves a lot of time. So what you could do is you, you I had to know a bit about how you create the zero, like the template. But then what ChatGPT do, did was tell me which fields. So you put in like kind of the name of the field in brackets now, you need to know what they are. Normally, you'd have to look it up in the resources that Zero give you. But ChatGPT would allow you to do it as well. Or it told you what those fields were. So in that one, it probably, I'm still waiting for the client to sign off on it. But a report like that would probably take maybe 45 minutes to an hour to write. Yeah. It probably took me maybe half an hour yeah, to yeah, do so this time, time just to check it and stuff like that. And that one was for $25. So yeah. it's less money, but it was less work, if I'm honest. Um, but it, it, yeah, it saved on how much time it actually took me to do it. So, yeah, it, yeah it's a win, really, isn't it, in that regard? Well, I think any of those marginal gains that anyone can get um, in relation to their work life, and then that frees you up for your home life. And if you're going to yeah. earn additional income, especially in the, 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 the times that we're in at the moment with uh, you yeah. know, money being a bit tighter for a lot of people, it's, it's really one of those where exploring this in more detail and trying to see what skills they have that exist already and whether yeah. AI can support refining that to make it mm. more expedient and just having a go. Um, and I think yeah, that's, exactly. That's what we're starting to learn, you know, two, two episodes in. We're starting to learn that actually you can generate some income from it mm. um, in quite a short time window. Um, as long as you've got some existing skills that you can quality assure that it's doing yes. the right things. Um, 
But it's a start point, and being at the start like we are with uh, where we are with ChatGPT and AI for beginners as ourselves, you can go, well, actually, as this grows and develops, what else will it be able to do? And as I become and you become more versed in it, uh, and we learn more about the scope of it and the scale of what it can do, I think, yeah, again, it really excites me of, you know, where we can go and the things we can explore with this. I agree. It, 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 as we always said, this whole process of even just keeping tabs on the news stories and things, it's a whole learning experience. And as I said, I, I'm practically using AI as I did there to actually make some money. I, I get there was some knowledge I needed before, mm. but it wouldn't take a huge amount for someone to get to that level of knowledge and then use AI to kind of, I don't want to really use this term, but wing it to some degree. Um, and that's kind of what you can do so yeah it's yeah it's it's interesting that, that, that we are at that stage and as I said like just based on that activity I've I've made about 50 50 pounds uh, money from best part of two hours of my time so you know it's not <laughs> it's not to be sniffed at really is it no no not at all and it's not too onerous and, and like you say if you're trying to juggle other things in and around yeah. And you're going, you know, picking up children, dropping children off, um, you know, potentially you're going, well, if I can fit these little time slots in and do these jobs that generate yeah. a bit of extra money. Because I know when my wife was um, first uh, working from home, we're well, not working from home, but um, uh, a stay at home mom. Yeah. Anything where she could have earned some additional income yeah. would have been very welcome at the time. And I think this this sort of um, process can really uh, keep mums who want to be at home with their children um, or parents, you know, if fathers want to do it as well, mm. and um, allow them to spend quality time with their child, but then also generate some sort of revenue and income um, that helps them. Because I know my wife felt a, a bit disempowered that, you know, I had to give her money uh, yeah. on occasions where she was like, actually, I like earning my own money. So mm. I think, yeah, it, it could almost give people that independence while they get know what they want from their life as well which you know it's got to be a positive oh massively and i think this is an area that i think maybe we look at in in future episodes is it's almost like harnessing ai to have again picking up from that new story about hustle uh gbt but having like uh I, i must admit i don't always like the term like side hustle or anything like that but this is probably a good kind of example to use it with or good usage of it is is whether you could harness um ai technology to just make some money um now that could be extra money that you you know like you said from uh, t- to support your 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 lifestyle or or it could be the start of something you know bigger where you you start a business around it so yeah i think this is an interesting area we should come back to as i say um 2 hours of my time generate about 50 quid so um yeah it's that's, that's per if you work it out per like you know per hour it's you're above the average um uh you know pro rata the average uh wage in in the uk if you were doing that admittedly i only had those two hours worth of work but yeah. just imagine if you had multiple jobs in a day you you, you know you could get a very nice uh <laughs> level of income off that so yeah i think let 
I think let's investigate that in a bit more detail in a future episode. But yeah. I think we've we've covered a lot today. So um, I think, um, as I said, we will be sharing a lot of what we've discussed on the newsletter. So if you aren't signed up for the newsletter just yet, um, go to artificiallyspeaking.org and you can sign up there. Um, we'll put in links to kind of the news stories we discussed. Um, I'll add some information around... Uh, what I did on Upwork, Upwork so you can actually see um, kind of where you would go to potentially do that and to win business. Um, and also we'll start sharing some other um, areas that we discuss, obviously going forward in future episodes as well. But yeah, go to artificiallyspeaking.org, sign up and you'll get uh, regular updates of, of what we're doing. All right. Well, thanks, Simon, uh, for sharing all of that. Um, it, it's ri- hopefully everyone's found it's useful this listening i have um i've learned actually quite a lot today so thanks again for that and um for everyone listening we'll we'll be back very soon um but as i say in the meantime sign up for the newsletter and give us any suggestions you have or any comments on what we've discussed just go to the website and you can find out how to get in touch with us all right excellent dave thanks very much thank you everyone. bye Thank you for joining us on Artificially Speaking. See you next time.